Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is Harriet Kamek with Down to Earth, the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And today on our show, we're going to talk about rising temperatures in America are killing people. We're going to talk about climate change, that subject that nobody wants to talk about, but is affecting everybody. And we're going to talk about it in terms of new research that shows how heat-related deaths are killing more people in America than any other weather event combined. And it's something to think about and talk about because here in America, when we talk about climate change, we tend to look at it through the lenses of it's happening in other parts of the world. We watch news reels and we think that this is happening in Africa, in Asia, they're having tsunamis, they're having earthquakes, such as things are not happening in America. But what we have discovered about climate change is that it's dynamic. Climate change impacts each region, not in a uniform, unilateral way, but that is specific to that region. And so today we're going to talk about that because I think it's something to think about because there is an intersection of climate change and poverty and homelessness. Poverty brings homelessness. Climate change is affecting, like everything else in life, it's affecting the most vulnerable. So today we're going to delve into this. But what a weekend this has been. I mean, over the weekend, uh, Friday night, we learned we lost uh, Chad Bozeman. He played Black Panther. Uh, yeah, he played the Black superheroes of the Marvel comics. And what a life-changing event that has been. And then just yesterday, we learned we lost a former basketball star, Robertson. In fact, he played here in Detroit for the Detroit Pistons. So there we go again. And uh, my daughter tells me they were watching the Video Music Awards last night, and she said there was a parade of artists whom we have lost this year. And she says the number is significantly higher than it was at this time last year. And that did not include people like Kobe Bryant. They were just focused on musical artists. So 2020 is proving to be the year of the Twilight Zone. We can say that, right? Quite the year. We've had, we've seen significant weather events here in the U.S. In fact, we're being impacted by one right now. We just came through Hurricane Laura that affected some parts of Louisiana and Texas, and storm surges have rendered people homeless. And we got to look at these things because in the words of Bill Gates, heat emissions all over the planet from our modern lifestyles are contributing to climate change. And I don't know what more do you need to know? What more do some people need to hear to understand the science of it? In much the same way, the same people who reject the science behind climate change is this, are the same people who reject the science behind the COVID-19 virus. They just simply refuse to believe that there was a virus that could kill as if our ancestors didn't experience viruses in their lifetimes that cut them off. 
And what makes you think that we wouldn't have a virus in our lifetime that would do the same thing? It's the same mentality. And the continued rejection of the science behind climate change is not helping anybody. In fact, it is contributing to more damage because the longer we remain intransigent on this issue and do not take steps to prevent further damage from happening is the worse it's going to get. It's like anything else. You're, you know, they tell you during Hurricane Laura, they told people, leave the area. People said, I'm not going anywhere. I said, okay. Well, put your name and next of kin information in a Ziploc bag and keep it with you. Because they anticipated a storm surge would come in. When it was all said and done, there was 17 feet of water. They have not finished quantifying the damage. Because it's a Trump area, it's filled with Trump supporters. He doesn't want the rest of his base to see how bad it is. So again, another life event that impacts people is being politicized because it's not popular in an election year. This is the intersection of poverty and homelessness and climate change. Why? Because when climate change brings rapid and rapid weather phenomena, what it does is it renders the most vulnerable helpless. I used to think that, seriously, seriously, this is between me and you, don't tell anybody else. I used to think that I got a kick out of living in Michigan. You know what I used to say? I used to say that we never have uh, storms and storm surges. We never have wind damage. We rarely see a tornado around here. And I never have to worry about hurricanes or earthquakes or so on. And then I had to bite my own words. We had an earthquake a couple of days ago, an earth tremor that shook Southeast Michigan 3.5. We felt it. I, I heard a rumble. I hope they, I'd never hear another earthquake in my entire life because I thought it was a car crash somewhere. I thought somebody's house exploded because it was such a deep rumble. No, it, it, it was an earthquake at 3.5. And I'm like, are they fracking around here? <laughs> Like, are they going underneath the earth? Is underneath the earth shallow, so it's just rumbling, or is stuff just moving around? I don't know. Is are the Great Lakes having an issue? Whatever. Do you see what I'm saying? So here I am thinking that I was safe in Michigan. In fact, I said, oh, about 10 years ago, I said, oh, I'm going to move back to Florida, blah, blah, blah. And then the earth, the, the, the hurricanes came through, and I'm like, you know what? You can keep that sunshine. <laughs> I'm good. But then I noticed in Michigan, we used to have really nice summers. The summers here used to be beautiful. Like temperatures went up to 80 degrees. We call that a hot day. When it hit 90, we were like, boy, was it hot today. Now we're seeing summer temperatures where even at night, it does not go below 90 degrees. This past summer was one of them. It was the hottest summer on record. There were many days and nights when it, the temperature during the day is 101. The sun goes down at 10 o'clock in the summer, right? But similarly, the temperature never drops below 90 degrees, even at 4 a.m. in the morning. So you're starting the morning off at 90 degrees. My air conditioner went balloon. Climate change is real, even here in the Midwest, somewhere I never thought would be impacted by that. So let me dive into this and give you some statistics just a little bit about what we're seeing. 
uh, we're talking about rising temperatures in America are killing people. And we want to talk about it because this study we looked at focused specifically on Phoenix, Arizona, right in the seat of Maricopa County. It is now called the hottest county in the U.S. And Phoenix is described as the fourth largest, hottest city in America. It is incredible what's been going on there because Phoenix happens to be where a lot of snowbirds from northern climates trek down from October, right? October to November, and they don't come back until April. Snowbirds from Canada and from the northern parts of the U.S., people who are retired and who have the affordability of having a second home somewhere warmer so they can spend their winters somewhere warm without having to, you know, uh, live in the cold and polar vortexes like some of us are, <laughs> right? Some of us are confined to living in the North because of jobs, right? And some of us are confined to living uh, in the North because we have children here, right? So we can't afford to uh, not uh, be here. So, but for snowbirds who are retired, their children are grown, they're probably just, ha you know, have grandchildren, they can go back and forth. But what we're seeing in Maricopa County in Phoenix, Arizona, is that rising temperatures are staying warmer longer. It's the same thing we're experiencing here in Michigan. I mean, we've had the wildest springs ever. I, we haven't had a good spring in a long time. It just seems to go from winter straight in. We don't have that in-between period when you can do without wearing boots, right? And you can know it's either still cold and then it just suddenly goes hot, like this past, past spring. We didn't have a spring. The pandemic started, was going on, but we didn't have a spring. Before you knew it, we were smack in the middle of summer. Now imagine that we're coming from winter. You've got to understand, we're coming from winter here in Michigan. Winter here in Michigan is defined as temperatures below 40 degrees. Let, let's just start there. When it drops below 40, yeah, it's cold. For most of us, 40 degrees, some people still wear, you know, uh, sandals. Most of us, by 40 degrees, we're wearing boots and stuff, right? Just to keep warm, may not have on a heavy jacket, but have on some sort of outerwear. So winter here starts below 40 degrees. But nowadays, we're seeing winters here in the Midwest where we have extended periods of extended cold. We're having extended periods, days when it's not even safe to go outside, that you worry about even your car parked uh, in your driveway. Uh, you worry about your, 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 you know, you pack away your lawn equipment. You don't let your pets out. You take up all your uh, cool furniture. You take up all of your deck furniture because it's so incredibly cold. We're talking about negative 10 degrees. It's negative 10. Now, you have to start asking yourself, is the house going to pop? Like... <laughs> are our buildings and structures built to withstand those kinds of extremes in temperatures? We have to ask ourselves that. Are our cars built that maybe they can do 20, 20 degrees, maybe they can do 30 degrees, but are they built for 20 below zero? Are they built for where the windshield feels like negative 35? This past winter, my youngest daughter was still in high school and she's a, she was a senior in high school. And I'm like, you ain't going nowhere. It's negative 27 out there. You ain't standing up nowhere. <laughs> I'm like, heck no, you're not. 
you're today, you're learning from home today. And she's like, mom. And I'm like, yeah, I know you're a senior, but you're still my kid. They call they call it a, a senior. What is it called? A senior quit day or something, right? Where the kids just the seniors just stay home. But that is Michigan, and we're in the upper Midwest. We're in the midwestern part of the country, surrounded by lakes, and yet we're seeing the effects of climate change. Something I never thought would happen. There were so many days this past summer when I wouldn't go out at all. I never went out of my house until after the sun went down, which was close after 9.30. And I had to go water. You know, you have to go make sure your, your plants are watered and, and so on. I kid you not. It, it makes you start wondering, right? And this is Michigan. Now, what happens in Maricopa, Maricopa County, Arizona, where Phoenix sits? What happens there? I've been thinking about that, and I've found myself wondering if we're experiencing such heat that places in the country that traditionally experience high heat, how are those spaces uh, uh, coping? Well, here comes a report that I read on AZ Central. And this report is done from the context of climate change. I know it's not popular, especially amongst Republicans, especially amongst people who politicize events. I know the science just fails some people. Some people just don't want to think about the science. They just don't want to think about what it means and what science means. I don't know how you live in a world without science when we ourselves are a scientific being. I mean, you need to just ask yourself, how do you drink coffee? And then later you want to pee. And when you pee, it doesn't look like the coffee that you drink. You need to ask yourself what kind of scientific process goes on in your body that makes the liquid come, come out of your body that doesn't look like how it went in. How do you sit down and eat a bowl of green vegetables and red-looking and red-colored vegetables like carrots? And you sit down and eat that, but when it's coming out, it looks brown. You need to ask yourself what kind of scientific processes take place in your body. How does your body know to grow from the time you stepped out of your mother's womb until you achieve your majority? How does your body know when to stop growing? How come we don't grow beyond a certain height? We say it's genetics, but how does your body know that? That sounds like science to me. So I fail to understand how you as a human being cannot explain the process of life and death, how a man and a woman get together, have sex, sperm comes out of the man, goes into the woman's vagina, and boom, she gets pregnant becomes pregnant and carries a whole other human being in her body. Nine months later, that baby knows to come out of her body. And that baby does not stop growing until it reaches the time that it's no longer supposed to live. You need to ask yourself, what is the scientific process in that? How does your body know? How does your heart know to not stop beating? How does your brain know to tell the body, don't stop beating, let everything function as if you are still 18 years old. That's for me, I'm forever 28. Mm-hmm. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, yeah. How does my body know how to do that? How does my body know that I need sleep and that I must get restorative sleep? How does my body know? That's the science that you need to pay attention to. And that's the science that a lot of people won't pay attention to, so they cannot accept that there is such a thing as climate change. Let me break it down for you. Let me break down what's what what's climate changes and if you don't believe me there's a guy named bill gates he's a very rich man made a lot of money from selling computers and computer software right very rich really has no investment in this because he's made his money already right so when he takes on a project he's taking it on 
because he thinks he can make a difference based on his power and his wealth and his position of visibility. Let's just accept that because some of us, we seem to not think at all. So Bill Gates decided to look at, and he wasn't looking at America. He was looking at making a difference in other countries, in poorer countries. And what the scientists, he, so he gathered the world's best minds together. Now, if Bill Gates calls, I'm going to say, yes, sir. Yes, Mr. Gates, sir. How can I help you, sir? I'll be there, sir. If Bill Gates calls me, I'm saying, I'll be there, sir. <laughs> I'm not going to ask him what he wants. I'm there, <laughs> right? So Bill Gates gathers the best scientists in the world. And he asks the question, what is causing this? It's very simple. We, most of the world lives in a concrete jungle. We live in urban, but we live in spaces where there's asphalt everywhere. And I know some of you rural folk are like, well, we live out on dirt tracks out here. And I'm like, well, you do come into the city to make business transactions, don't you? When you go down to Main Street, are you driving on dirt tracks with the dust flying up? Yeah. Okay. So that quiets you down. So sit down for a bit, right? So we live in these centers where there are tall buildings that represent our modern life. That's where industry takes place. We're human and we're full of ego. So we want to show the symbols of our success. So we erect tall structures that belie modern engineering and that we think represents the best of who we are intellectually. We use all our capacities, build these tall structures that can withstand wind damage, that can withstand shaking, and they build them so they rock. Tall buildings move. They have to. They're, bent, they're built to rock so that stuff doesn't go wrong in them, right? Frankly, tall buildings scare me. I don't like them myself, so you and I are probably on the same page there, right? I must confess that I don't like them either. They terrify me. They, they, they make me feel apprehensive because I'm like, what goes up must come down. Anyway, we won't talk about that. I think too much about that, right? But when you think about it, these very same tall structures that are erected to show, show the best of our modern human engineering and our modern human thinking, those same structures are contributing to climate change. Tall buildings retain heat by day, right? They absorb all the heat. Then you have all the, asp the asphalt. Asphalt is what we use to build our roads. It makes you think there must be something else we can come up with. So there's a lot of heat that is trapped in those areas, in, in, the, in, the, in that confluence. Well, the way it supposedly should work is that at night it cools down. But there are so many tall buildings and all the asphalt, it doesn't cool down. So over time, this has been going on for the last 50 years, climate change didn't just start. The more modern we got, the more tall buildings, the more areas of our world that we laid asphalt down, we started to build a section, we started to build up climate change. So all the heat is trapped. It's going up on the planet. I know we, we, we drive around on our farms that are 150 acres that have been here for four or five generations. And we think that that is life. But you do realize that there is a bigger life outside of yourself. We live on a planet that is round. We can't even explain how round it is. When you look at it from space, you have to ask yourself, how come the sea doesn't drain into the atmosphere? That's a question I used to ask my teachers when I was a kid. How are we living on a planet that's round, that's always rotating, but the seas never drain out? 
How come the people and the land just stay in one place and isn't shifting? That's the science. Remarkable, isn't it? When you start thinking about it, then you realize how really interesting it is. So all that heat, it goes above the air. Then we run air conditioners. Then we drive our cars that emit emissions. You know, something that legislators don't like because it makes industry have to spend more money on making sure the cars we drive are cleaner so that when it doesn't go up in the atmosphere and emit carbon monoxide, that it does not emit something that becomes damaging to us. Yeah, that happens. I see. I see. No, you get it. So all of that is the contributing factor to why we are having extreme heat. In Maricopa County, I'm just going to read you by the numbers. The numbers don't lie. It's just like right now. You can deny all you want that coronavirus exists, but 183,000 people have died since March from the coronavirus. Today, April, today is August 31st. In the city of Detroit, Michigan, we just concluded a memorial for the number of persons who have died from coronavirus in the city of Detroit. So go ahead and say the coronavirus doesn't exist. These people were living with their pre-existing conditions of diabetes, high blood pressure, cancer, whatever it was that they had. They lived with them and were being treated for them until the coronavirus came. So I like, you know, people like to say, well, they would have died anyway because they were sick. They were managing their condition. Coronavirus came and it killed them. I know you don't like to hear it. Well, it's the same thing we're dealing with right now. The numbers don't lie. So you can dismiss the coronavirus until it hits your town, your county, your city. You can dismiss climate change until, like Chattanooga, Tennessee found out, they're having summer temperatures that stay up to 100 degrees well into October in 2019. Chattanooga, Tennessee. So let me run you the numbers. Here are some facts to think about. Uh, Phoenix, at 100, uh, uh, 104 degrees, is the hottest big city in the U.S. Uh, listen to this. Two, they examined deaths in Maricopa County, Arizona, between 2009 to 2019. Again, the numbers don't lie. Heat-related deaths were 103. We're talking about weather-related deaths right now, right? Heat-related deaths were 103. Flood, deaths from flood in 2009 to 2019. Deaths from flood were 99, tornadoes were 91. In 2020, so far in Maricopa County, there have been 30 heat-related deaths. So the year isn't done yet. They're investigating an additional 243. According to the National Weather Service, over the last 30 years, heat has, heat has accounted for more fatalities than any other weather event combined in the U.S., in the United States. Hot days lead to hotter nights. In Phoenix, there have been 100 degrees at midnight. Same thing happened here in Michigan. We stayed at 90 degrees, didn't go down overnight. 
For more than seven days in July, temperatures never dropped below 90 degrees. So we're having longer, longer summers, right, that grow into, that start earlier. So our summers are longer. They're starting in April, and they're going on well into October when traditionally summer starts in June and ends in September. By the end of September, it starts feeling cool. You remember those days when we started wearing our boots in September because you could dress in layers because the mornings would start out cooler? Remember that? And then you would strip your layers as you went through the day because it would get really hot. But as soon as the sun dropped, those days are fast disappearing. We're staying hotter earlier and longer. Since 1970, they're saying that in Phoenix, the temperature has gained more than 4.35 degrees. These tall buildings that we talked about, they create something of what we call a concrete jungle. The modern term they use now is urban heat island. You remember that during the pandemic in New York, wealthy New Yorkers fled the city because they felt that they were, would have been compromised. So because they could afford to, they moved them and their families to, to, to out of the city, wherever that took them. That's what, Well, guess what? A lot of those people have chosen to stay in those areas. Their kids are going to online schooling. And in some cases, they might just give that up and just register the kids in those communities where they live. Because people are now looking at now that they have spent three months out of the concrete jungle, they're like, you know what? We breathe better. We're healthier. I'm not having as many health-related issues. I don't have to worry about so many people in such small spaces. I don't have to worry about riding the train. That's such a concern that people who own real estate in New York are literally panicking and trying to convince large companies to convince their workers to come back to work. So their buildings can be inhabited so they can collect money. And that the spin-off, buying coffee, that what people do, they stop at the local bakery, get their dry cleaning done, and so on. But people are more convinced that maybe there are too many of us living in what we call urban, urban heat islands. We need to take note of that. Asphalt and buildings uh, do not, they're not releasing the hot air at night. They release all of that air they capture during the day and they release it at night. So it's going into the atmosphere. So you notice you're driving to some cities and you go outside sometimes at night and the air is so oppressively hot. That's from the concrete jungle. That's from the asphalt and the buildings that are around. It's incredibly hot. America has gotten hotter. And we're not paying attention to it because right now nobody's paying anything, any attention to anything outside of politics. Right now, there are race wars. Just overnight, there was the shooting of a black man in Portland, Oregon. And the president made some inflammatory remarks that contributed to some uh, far-right groups that are armed militia in a convoy, in a caravan, riding through the streets of America. And the security force is not doing anything about it because, of course, the police forces have been infiltrated by the same armed militia groups, by the Ku Klux Klan. So we have a race war on our hands. We're literally erupting into civil war because one guy decided that he wants to be president forever because daddy never gave him the presidency. 
or daddy grew him up to make him think the world was his oyster and America was at his feet. You know why? You know why Donald Trump won? Donald Trump didn't win because he was so convincing or charismatic. Donald Trump won because there were people who thought that Donald Trump is right. There are still people who think that he's right, that they should be uh, superior. They don't have a pot to pee out of. They don't have anything to contribute to science, but they think they should be just because. So now we're engulfed in a race war, and all of this is detracting from what is real, which is that climate change and rising temperatures are killing people. You see, every now and then that an earthquake roars through, but an earthquake never leaves the kind of, it leaves structural damage, but it never leaves fatalities, human fatalities. That's what we're seeing with heat deaths, with heat-related deaths. Here's what happens. When we get hot, right, our body temperature rises, the temperature around us is hot, then our body rises, so we start sweating. The sweating, when you start sweating, you're cooling off. But what's happening is that we're not cooling off. So the temperature around us gets hot. We're not sweating, so we're not cooling off. You start feeling dizzy, lightheaded, and headache. How, how can I explain that? Because I've been there with that. I had that in the summer of 2018. I never went back out in the summer again. I'm like, uh-uh. We, we won't go out with a hat on, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going there because it's too painful. So what happens? So this is how people are dying. So guess what is happening also in Maricopa County? The heat-related deaths are among the elderly and the poor, people who can't afford air conditioning. In one story we read, this man had delayed fixing his air conditioning because he frankly didn't have the money. You know, air conditioners in, in, in Maricopa County are probably high premium higher than what we would pay for here in the Midwest because it's in high demand. So the poor and the elderly, this is what I refer to as the intersection of poverty, homelessness, and climate change. People who are poor and who are homeless are most likely to die from heat-related deaths because when the temperatures rise and the body does not cool down and you become dizzy and lightheaded, if you do not receive medical attention, Within 24 hours, you are most likely to expire because the heart starts beating, the liver starts beating, and every, every organ in your body starts working overtime to help you recover. And then they conk out. They just go out. That's how dangerous heat-related deaths are. It makes you wonder that in another time, when our ancestors didn't have the science to, as we have now in retrospect, and the science to collect all the data and study it, you wonder some of those folks died, might have died from heat-related deaths. And we've got to be able to look at what, in what ways can our modern life impact this and change it? In what ways can our modern circumstances, in what ways can modern technology save this? Surely there has to be a better way to deliver cool air during summer months, surely. Here in the metro Detroit area, there are what we call cooling centers. Most places in the country have them. Cooling centers where people can go in and be cooled. But how efficient are those? We've seen with the coronavirus that that was not a good idea. That's what you call a, a petri dish. 
at Petri dish for large groups of people to congregate and breathing the same air, all talking at the same time, stuff is going to fly off and more than likely it's a COVID virus. I kid you not. I'm one of those people who have always wondered about that. I've, I've, I've never liked large crowds and people shouting and carrying on. I always kind of like, you know, wondered about that. Always kind of did. Didn't like enclosed spaces. Right? Phoenix is the fourth fastest warming city in the U.S. The average summer temperature in Phoenix is 106.1. That's not normal. Here's another thing to look at. Some other stories that we're watching, some other cities, Burlington, Vermont. Imagine that. That's in the Northeast. Helena, Montana. How come? Helena, Montana is warming up? Yes. Helena, Montana, Burlington, Vermont are among the top 10 fastest warming cities in the U.S. Listen to this. Chattanooga, Tennessee was 10 degrees above normal where summer stretched into fall at temperatures of over 100 degrees. Minneapolis, Minnesota is the coldest large city in the U.S. But guess what? At 104 degrees, it has become the hotspot of one of the hottest big cities in the U.S., Minneapolis, Minnesota, where they have covered walkways across the street. So during winter, you don't, if you have to go across the street, you don't have to walk in the cold. Imagine that. We've got to think about climate change and its impact on human, on, on, on the human psyche. We've got to think about climate change as it relates to how do human beings cope. Like everything else in life, the people at the bottom, the bottom uh, 70%, the bottom 98% endures and suffers the worst of any economic crisis and now any weather crisis. Rich people will always go to different spots, but because of their wealth, they have what? Mobility. So they're able to get up and go to another city. So when one city gets too hot during the summer, they move to another place where they have a home and they can function just as well because they have mobility. They have the ability to take a plane. They have the ability to have private jets. They have the ability to drive wherever they need to. So in the past, what we have done is focus on, well, if a lot of wealthy people live there, then maybe I can get a job there. There are some places in America that are fast going to become deserts. Look, look at what's happening in Nevada. Death Valley, anybody where the temperature has always been high. Well, you can imagine climate change there. You can imagine what the temperature is there. Look at what's happening in California. What we're seeing in California is climate change. Rising temperatures are causing wind to move across the state when the, the, the Santa Ana winds come over like they will in a few months. Climate change is real. And then when it rains, because there's no soil and there are no trees to hold the soil, creates landslides and mudslides. Climate change. Climate change is real. That's what's happening in California. Crops are dying out because there is no water. In some parts of California, there is no water for farmers to water their crops. It's serious. Climate change is real. Maybe it hasn't hit your neck of the woods yet, but maybe it has, but you're not seeing it manifested as climate change. And of course, you may have local and elected representatives 
who don't believe in the science of climate change, but every morning they get up and go to the bathroom, but they still don't believe in science, in climate change. It's a miracle that you drank a whole quart of whiskey last night and you woke up this morning and are still able to function. That's some serious science, my dude. Think about that. It's not going to last forever, though. Okay? It will wear you down eventually. But this is something that we must pay attention to because it's happening. Like I've told you my story, I've lived in Michigan almost 20 years now. And I've seen firsthand how climate change, we used to have the most beautiful summers. You know, the sky was blue and, you know, when it got up to 85, that's a hot day. 87, that's a hot day. We got up to 90, wow, a real summer like the rest of the country. All six weeks of summer. Now we're staying hotter from early June, from May. And we're staying hot right through. And then at night, something rapid develops. Last night was August 30th. I went outside and the sun drops early. I, I mean, the summer is over because the sun started going down at 9.30, then it was 9.15, then it was 10 to 9. No, it's 8.30. Sun is gone. I went outside as soon as darkness fell and there was dew on the grass. And it was so cool, so remarkably cool. My ACs have been off for more than 12 hours now, so that tells you where this is going. Climate change, anyone? We've got to think about that. So at this intersection, we find ourselves is where we find ourselves wondering what are the policies that any government, whoever is running for the two people running for power right now to become president, what will their administration do about these crises? It may not be a, a, a humanitarian crisis yet, but it certainly ranks among the issues that we must confront. Here in the Great Lakes, for instance, what we are finding is that the lakes are rising. We've had so much snow over the last two, two or three winters. And combined with that, we've had really wet spring and wet summer, like it just gets wet. So all that water has accumulated in the lakes around here that is affecting people's property values. We've had places in, in Michigan where people have had to be evacuated because their homes literally have crumbled into the lake. Coastlines are moving and disappearing. Climate change is real. Now, lakes scare me. Anybody up water scares me, especially those that are big. Outside of my bathtub, I don't really believe in that, right? So I, I like a pool for the aestheticness of it and the aesthetic appeal, but that's about it for me. Right? But when you look at lakes, a lake is just a basin with water in it. That's what a lake is. It's just a deep basin with water in it. So the where's the water going? Does it leak somewhere? Does it go into somewhere? I hope so. So the snow comes and it melts. It just stays in the lake. When I first moved to Michigan in 2003, there was a drought on the lakes, where the lakes had dropped some four or five inches, and they had not enough water. Now they're brewing so much so that lakefront properties, water is coming up onto people's backyards. You've got to ask yourself, this is climate change. And once upon a time, people used to say, no, it's cyclical, it goes around and it comes around. I am looking at the deaths of people where temperatures 
are not coming down lower than 90 degrees at night. It used to be that the sun went down and within an hour or two it would cool down. That's not happening anymore. There's so many. uh, A few years ago, I think it was 2017, part of my organization, the Exodus Foundation, we were working with people who had just come out of jail. And we were working, I was gathering information on what happens to individuals who come out of jail and how do they survive. And I was one young man who had spent 20, was it 20, he was 25 years in jail. When he got out of jail, he said that there are so many cars on the road. There are more cars on the road than when he went to jail the previous 25 years. And I was, I never thought of it in that context. I said, really? And he said, yes. He said, there are way more cars on the road. The average home has three to four cars parked outside. So we are driving more. We have more cars on the road. People in industry want to put their cars in your driveway. They want car keys in your hands because the more cars that are sold is the more money they make. So you have all this carbon emissions that are going off. And you have to ask yourself, well, we're all breathing the same air, so the air is recycled. It goes up, it creates condensation, it comes back down as snow or as rain. So we're essentially breathing back what we have sent up. And when you start looking at that as a cycle and within the ramifications of the natural processes, I guess then it's easier for you to understand what we refer to as parts. This is just one part of climate change. There are other parts of climate change that we haven't talked about. For instance, why are in the northern part of the world, why the, the, the ice is melting? Because the whole planet, the whole world is warming up. And the further south you go, naturally, the worse it gets. Naturally. That is where the intersection of poverty takes place because in poorer countries, just like we see in poorer neighborhoods here in the U.S., where climate change impacts people, it happens in poorer countries. Initially, that was the focus. We never thought it could happen here. We thought, well, America is in the Northern Hemisphere. We get cool all the time. So even Phoenix, they get cool eventually. What's the big deal? But now we're seeing where we're having longer summers And that is of concern to us. If that doesn't bring a halt to you, I don't know what will. What will make you be convinced that this is something to look at? You have to see the data for yourself. You have to read it for yourself. You have to stand on your mountain in Appalachia or wherever you come from in the hills of Portland, in the hills of Oregon, in the hills, and you feel so way out. You have to stand on your mountain. And see your whole being, your whole life, and everything your generations have stood for slide down the mountain to understand what climate change is. When people don't have money and are too poor, and they have to choose between eating and keeping the lights on, and they have to choose between eating and getting their medication, that's poverty. When you have to make that kind of choices because you don't have enough. Too many people are falling into that. Too many Americans are falling into that vortex. We've got to stem the tide of it and stop it. It's not enough to have trillionaires. These guys are no longer billionaires. They're trillionaires. 
how is it that the stock market is not reflective of the economy? It used to be that if the stock market fell, that was the general condition of the economy. Now the stock market is booming and a million people are filing jobless claims every week. How is that possible? That's the intersection of poverty. We gotta look at that. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. How is it that the stock market is booming and people are still filing for unemployment? A million people per week. So far, over 40 million people have lost their jobs and about 10 million have returned to work. Just this morning, major companies announced that the furloughs that took place during the pandemic and post-pandemic are going to be permanent job losses. A major airline announced to its staff, American Airlines, you better get ready because it's about to happen. Do you understand what I'm saying? So all those folks with no income, so they can't afford their homes, they won't be able, they'll have to come to a point where they make a decision between, I can't turn the air conditioning on to save my life because I can't pay the light bill. I, I, I was, I'm one of those persons. I looked at my light bill, my electricity bill, for want of a better word, you want to uh, call it a different name, same thing. And I was shocked at how much electricity I consumed during the summer months. And then I remembered how hot it was. And how the AC just had to keep running just so we could breathe. I kid you not. And then you were just like, okay, so this is why. It wasn't like you were using more electricity to cook or you were using more electricity to heat the, to run the water heater. No. It's that it was hot. You needed the electricity to keep the air conditioners going. That's the intersection we're talking about. That's exactly where you and I intersect with climate change. And this is just going to continue. This is not going to stop just because I wanted to. The science of it, the science is irrevocable. We've been doing this for so long that I'm afraid it's irreversible. We're going to see more and more destructive hurricane force winds. You remember earlier in the pandemic, we had a plague of locusts that was coming from Africa and it just went around. Then there was the black dust that just went around the whole planet until it disappeared. It just went round and round and round. We got to understand that what one nation does on one side impacts everything else on the other side. We got to find a way to build structures that take less toll on the environment. I can't believe I actually just said that. I sound like a progressive person, don't I? I'm actually seeing the light. We got to build structures that take less toll. We got to be able to be able to transport large groups of people without everybody getting behind the wheel of their car. Now that we have ear pods and all kinds of stuff, people can go by train and still enjoy being in your own space kind of thing in your mind, like sit down and do what we do on our iPads and so on. I kind of like that idea of being trans someone else driving. There's just too many cars on our roads. All over, it's not just here in America, it's all over the world. We have these huge concrete structures and these huge networks of roads to accommodate our travel, to accommodate our desires to be mobile and to not stay in one place. It's almost as if the human race is running towards its own extinction. 
not by design, not because that's our goal, but because we so want to be in charge of ourselves. Climate change is proving to us that it is in charge, and we better get with it. We better get with it and get on it really quickly, because climate change, as we have found, does not care about whom it impacts. If you live in a multi-million dollar mansion in, in, in California, it will just as soon take it down the hill. As well as if you live in Maricopa County, Arizona, without air conditioning, in the middle of a summer of 106.1 degrees daily and over 90 degrees at night, surely, after a while, something is about to go kaboom. My name is Harriet Kamek. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been another edition of Down to Earth. In this edition, we examined rising temperatures in America are killing people, literally, not figuratively, but literally. Go to my website, harrietkamek.com, as well as visit my pages on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Google Podcasts, and wherever your favorite podcast platform is as well as you can stream me on iHeartRadio, whether from the comfort of your living rooms, through your sound systems, or if you just want to listen to it. My name is Harry Kimmick. My book, Through the Fire, is available on Amazon.com. Thank you so much, everybody. Be blessed. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.